0: on with the episode
1: vibrant 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 Vibrant. music teaching proven and practical tips strategies and ideas for music teachers
0: this is the vibrant music teaching podcast i'm nicola canton and in this episode we're discussing what to do when students resist corrections Today, lovely teachers, we're joined by Carmen Carpenter, who's one of our staff writers and editors at Vibrant Music. She's been on the podcast before. We'll be chatting about students who sometimes or always resist our corrections. So welcome back to the show, Carmen. I'm glad we're here. So what are we talking about here? What does this resistant student or the student resistance look like?
1: Well, so resistant students are pretty much what they sound like. They are the ones who argue with you that they're doing it right or make excuses for why they did it wrong or why they did it this way or that way. I seem to um, be a magnet for this type of student. I don't know why. And so I deal with this quite a bit with kids who are just don't want to be teachable, I guess, the word I would use. They are just strong-minded kids, kids who seem to always have a reason why they did or didn't do something. So it isn't always the correction that's the resistance. It might be just a discussion about practice. You know, how much practice did you put in? And well, I had this, 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 this and to do instead of piano. And all of that. And so that's kind of what I think of when I think of a resistant student.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's not being able to take small corrections or outright denying that they happened. And you're like, no, I was here. And also, it's not a big deal. It's not like you're saying, how dare you have played an F sharp when you were supposed to play an F natural? You're just trying to help them play the right note. And yet, it's, right. no, I did do it. Or yes. it can be, as you say, something broader, like trying to discuss practice with them in a very friendly way, but it comes across everything is kind of a, an argument or a combat situation for them.
1: Yes, absolutely. And they you know, and I like to have independent thinkers and kids who are self motivated. And that's the thing is that sometimes they go hand in hand. You have this this child who's really bright and independent and able to do some things on their own. So when it comes to that teacher feedback, they feel like, but I did this. This is what I did. And and sometimes I'll even come across that when they compose and create. Like if I suggest, how dare I suggest that you might want to end your piece on dough instead of, you know, Audacious all. of you. Yeah. Right. You know, they like, (laughs) how dare you? You know, so so that's one of the things, too, that comes up occasionally. Yeah. Learning to deal with that as a teacher can be challenging because I tend to look at myself first. I do try. Right. Like if a kid is like that, I have to ask myself, what am what am I doing? What is my posture towards this? And and how can I help them in spite of their fierce independent.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So I think that's a great first step with anything like this is to look at ourselves, like, how did I approach it? Is there another way I could do it? But we Mm. also need to unpack why it's happening, right? So why Mm -hmm. do you think these students behave in this way? Why do they resist the correction or fight back on something that wasn't supposed to be an argument at all?
1: Well, I think that for some, they probably know deep down that they really are wrong but they don't like to admit it. And I think there's some of that. So some of the kids that I deal with with this are kids that don't practice enough and they know it. But what are they going to do with that other than just argue with me, right? And so I think they do know deep down and they just don't like to feel that way. And I do think a lot of kids deal with some anxiety. And with that... Realization that they are imperfect is really hard for them. That you know, to just kind of go, "Oh, you mean I didn't do that perfectly?" Is yeah, they they might just shut down. That may be the resistance, is the shutting down. Yeah,
0: I think this often goes in hand in hand with kind of opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to how kids are at school. So I see this mm. happening both with students who school is easy and they just sail through it and they're just not used to getting things wrong and having to try really hard. And you see it with students who are being corrected all day in school and they just wanna mm. you know, it's just too much. So I'd see yeah, you know, those middling school students, you don't I from my experience, you generally don't see this from. They're used to yeah. like getting corrections from a teacher, working through it and it's all fine. Mm-hmm. But I get reactions from yeah, the mm-hmm. students who really struggle in school, perhaps have additional needs or are neurodivergent or something and makes school really challenging mm-hmm. and they're just tired of always being <laughs> in the wrong as they see mm-hmm. it. And they put so much pressure on their se- themselves because of that. Or the students who, as I say, sail through school and therefore it's like, mm-hmm. but this is oh, hard. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And I think, it yeah, it's kind of related to that
1: sense of struggle and not being comfortable with. You know, and I would say too that a lot of them are those firstborn children who their models to them are perfect. You know, mom and dad do everything perfectly in their mind, and you, as their teacher, do everything perfectly in their mind. And then they get discouraged when they can't do it the way that they think it's supposed to be done. Oh, it's supposed to be done like this, and I can't do that. And so I do think that, too, like you said, those middling kids or those kids who have gotten comfortable with struggle, who have had some things in their life to struggle with and overcome those, those kids are a little easier. They aren't as resistant to being corrected.
0: Yeah. So how can we make this resistance in general less likely? Are there things we can change about our lessons or the environment that can make this easier on these kids?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that you have to create an environment that is resistant, resistant, resistant to resistance. And doing that by just your own posture, your own attitude is a lot of it. How do you accept correction? You know, I am imperfect. And every once in a while, my students are like, no, that's a G, not an F or whatever. You know, how I respond to that, I think is important. Just be like, oh, you're right. And just be silly with it and funny with it. If that's comfortable for you to be silly and but but just being okay with your own mistakes, like when you demonstrate and I struggle with this, too. I demonstrated a piece for a student just the other day where I just hadn't read that piece through in a while, played it oh, my goodness, I made so many mistakes and was so bad. And I was just like, yeah, now I'm just making it up as I go along now, you know, and just try to be funny with it. And I think that helps. Like if you act embarrassed or won't ever make mistakes in front of your students, I do think that that creates an atmosphere of, oh, we have to be perfect. We have to be great for our teacher. And if you can create that environment that just says, you know, it's okay. this is okay to make mistakes to learn from the mistake. I do think that giving agency is important to some level of letting the student determine, make choices. Hey, what what should we do next? Should we do scales now or should we do rhythm now? Or should we play this piece or that piece next? And I think that too helps them just feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, for sure. I totally agree about leading by example it's one thing to say to a student everyone makes mistakes we're here to learn it just comes across as like yeah of course you'd say that that's like my mom saying you know I'm awesome you know it just like it just sort of rolls off them but if we can lead by example and really show them in how we react to our own mistakes like you're Mm -hmm. saying if they need to correct you or you mess something up I mean I would often say hang on, what am I talking about? That's completely the wrong thing. like that's how I would often correct myself and I just laugh it off and keep going mm-hmm. or like with the piece demonstration, if I need to start it again, I often would say sorry, that's like a default for me, but it's not oh, I'm so sorry like I can't believe I can't I couldn't play it. It's like, whoops, sorry, let's start that again, you know right. it's just a whoops it's not a of course, I care that I play it well for them because that's part of my job, but it's sure. you know we all we all have whoopses every so often. <laughs>
1: Definitely. I had I had a huge whoops at my what I call them learning celebrations. That's recitals. I had a huge whoops in front of the, you know, everybody. And it was really kind of embarrassing. And, and one mom even came up to me afterwards and was like, well, I'm really glad that you played today because if you hadn't, I would have thought you had no idea what you were doing because I had messed up something else. Like I was trying mm-hmm. to play. It's a long story. But anyway, you know, so. Hopefully that helps the kids sing too, and I've even mentioned it to some of them. Oh, remember when I messed that up? Oh my gosh, that was so funny! And you know, things happen, and it's okay.
0: Yeah. We recover. I think that's a great one to keep for you to keep in your story vault, and for listeners right. to go back and think, what is a time that I just really messed up? Like there's mm-hmm. a, there's one particular <laughs> concert I did when I was, I think. 16 or 17 anyway I was not prepared I just wasn't prepared whatsoever I hadn't put in the work and I played pretty terribly but I was sort of I they insisted I do this concert otherwise I would have backed out and I remember my teacher afterwards saying to me well that was I'm just walking off <laughs> like that was her reaction so that's why it always stands out to me because she was so harsh oh, about gosh. it like it was that bad that she just she couldn't come up with some faint praise well, anyway great. so but having that kind of experience You know, you've moved on from it. I kept playing. It it, Mm -hmm. it all worked out fine. So keeping those that you can tell those to your students as they're getting comfortable with occasionally making mistakes and that being okay. Mm -hmm. There's another thing I wanted to mention for members that are listening. There's a game that we love for this, especially for our neurodivergent students who really struggle with this. We've used it a lot. It's really helped. It's called Unicorn Horncraft it's where you basically make mistakes on purpose. All of the teachers here love using it because the kids just find it so funny. And it really drives Mm -hmm. home that message without us saying, everyone makes mistakes and sounding like we're on Sesame Street, you know.
1: Oh, well, I was thinking of a uh, Miley Cyrus song from way back.
0: Everyone makes mistakes. Sorry. (laughs) I don't think I know that one, but I like it. You should sing that for them. Yeah, but anyway, that game, Unicorn Horncraft, is is great for just making mistakes on purpose and really doing like an intense session of
1: mistakes are
0: awesome. That's the point of this.
1: Yes, we love that one around here too.
0: So how do you deal with it in the moment then when a student who most of the time is amenable and doesn't react in this way suddenly balks at a, a particular correction? What do you do when that happens in a lesson? So that does happen
1: occasionally. And I
0: would, a student that,
1: yes, is usually just very easy to deal with and usually takes things in stride, I would want to explore that with them. I would definitely be like, you know, how's your day? You know, how are you feeling? Because you, you know, seem frustrated and you seem upset or whatever word describes what they're going through at that moment i think it's important to explore that with them because some you know yeah everybody does have bad days that's the second line of the my lisa song i'm pretty sure Sure. everyone has bad days i could be wrong but i think yeah exploring that with the kids and saying you know you don't seem like yourself or whatever let's have a moment to talk that through because i think that having that kind of relationship with them also makes a less resistant environment in general yeah for sure
0: yeah talk about it see if it is their bad day or maybe it's just that that particular thing like they practice it 20 Mm -hmm. times at home and it went wrong in the lesson and they're just so annoyed that that happened you know like these things can spike up or be aware if your student is becoming a teenager these spikes may start Mm -hmm. to happen where they never did before and you know it's just as we know Hormones are going all over the place. And yeah, we have to deal with that in a different way.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes. One of my more resistant ones is entering that phase. It's so fun.
0: (laughs) So fun. I love the challenge. (laughs) So what about those students who constantly resist corrections? Do you have ways of dealing with them, helping them gradually get more comfortable with you occasionally correcting their mistakes? Probably
1: not so much them getting comfortable as me just accepting it. I am a very tolerant to a patient person. And so I am able to, and I, you know, I have kids of my own, and one of which is a slightly challenging person, but I do love that person so very much. And so, but it has been such a good training camp for dealing with resistant kids because by and large they are not trying to be disrespectful towards you they general, it's not from that kind of heart it is just truly a heart of feeling like they're right you know, or whatever it might be and so i have learned to just really be patient with them try to talk it through we have Funny little arguments. I did have a funny argument with one of my more resistant ones yesterday. And another student came in right at the end. We're having this kind of heated, not really heated, but kind of funny heated little argument. I don't remember what it was about right now, but I just thought to myself, this other kid who is can be resistant herself in a different way. I think she must have thought, my gosh, this is nuts. They're like having a full on argument in lessons, but I've known this kid for so long. And so we have that kind of relationship where we can have fun little argument and move past. But we've also had moments. We had that same kid. I had a situation with her recently where I had gotten pretty firm, honestly, and it takes a lot for me. It takes a lot for me to finally be like, OK, that's enough, you know, and use my real mom teacher voice with them. And I had to tell her later the following week, I did say, hey, you know, I think I owe you an apology. I I did not handle that very well. And I want you to know, you know, I'm not going to back down on my expectations of you, but I'm going to try to handle it better. And so I do think that every once in a while, an apology on my part is necessary and helpful to the relationship.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the whole leading by example thing. You know, that's a mistake mm. you made in reacting in a certain way that you didn't really, right. wouldn't have if you were going into it with a cool head, right? Owning that and saying the correction was correct. Like you have to do whatever it was that we were talking about. But the way mm. I handled it wasn't the best. And, you right. Know. Yeah. With those super resistant students and students who just hate being corrected, especially in the initial days. What we generally try to do, on top of all the things you're mentioning, Carmen, and in dealing with it and working through it with the students, we're also trying to never have to correct them well, <laughs> as much as possible. What? Yeah, but I think there's many things you can set up in a way that avoids the possibility of that even happening with those kids. Once you're aware that that's the situation, setting things up that you only ever give them small steps. Or an example I often use is, where with another kid, you might preview a whole rope piece before you teach it. You show them the whole thing. You don't do that because some of these kids will jump in and try to play the whole thing, fail, and you'll have to fix it. And you mm. weren't ever intending them to play a whole rope piece in one go after hearing it once. But that's kind of the way they interpret it. Mm. So just being aware that your steps need to get smaller and smaller and smaller. It's not that you'll never have something you need to fix. But especially in the beginning, we tried to yeah, make the steps, micro steps, so that they usually are coming up with the right answer and we don't have to correct them and have mm. that comfortable reaction. Definitely. Yeah, I
1: absolutely agree with that. And I do. I find with those students that are resistant, it is partly overwhelmed, is that other yeah. feeling that they're dealing with. So yes, we definitely break things down and break them into chunks and just do small pieces of things. And we try to, at the beginning, too, focus on what do you already know? What do you see here that you already know how to do? I think that helps as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Carmen, thank you so much for coming on the show and diving into this very important topic. It's been great to chat about it with you. Thanks. So we would love to hear from you listeners. If you have any students who shut down when you correct anything or vehemently insist that they did practice a thousand hours this week, then tell us about your experience. You can find us in the Facebook group, which is called Vibrant Music Studio Teachers. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today.